everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to the wonderful and amazing Sukkot holiday. Yes, under COVID restrictions, but still awesome and special, maybe even more special because of this year's unusual circumstances. I am joined by my beloved Malka Fleischer. Malka, welcome to the show. Happy holidays. Chag Sameach, Malka. Chag Sameach. You know, I was uh, hiking with uh, Ari Abramowitz a little bit, uh, and and uh, he said to me something that, that, that made a big difference. He said to me, notice how... Um, Notice how this the the three festival holidays that we've had this year have all basically been under lockdown. Right. Pesach was famously under lockdown, and then people didn't really notice Shavuot was just lockdown style. It wasn't lockdown, but everything was closed. There was nothing going on. Right. Yeah, there were no like live events really. All the in, in Jerusalem, especially uh, a place which is so bustling for for Shavuot. All the hotels, even like Israelis, come in from all over Israel to stay in Jerusalem and to go to Shiurim all night long and to go to the Kotel. And certainly from around the world, people show up and they pack the Waldorf Astoria and all these like fancy hotels um, and come in to, you know, hear the top rabbis and like the top leaders um, give their divrei Torah, their their words of Torah for the night of Shavuot, and it just wasn't happening. Right, and now we have the Sukkot holiday. Everything seemed to be going along, and then suddenly, like you know, the the number spiked up after the kids went back to school, and COVID uh, hit hard, and so you know Sukkot got locked down. And he said, "Look, like there's something happened during these three festival holidays where like we were supposed to do this in a different way this year." Right. Uh, and and I have heard from a few people, but I know about myself that uh, the Sukkot in your Sukkah this year has yeah. been very special in its own way. Right, has been like we always talk about that you're supposed to, uh, you know, you're supposed to sit in your Sukkah for seven days. You know, and the rabbis say tishvu keintadur, like you're supposed to sit. It's supposed to be like like your life in there. And Sukkot, because it's such a festive festival holiday, is so filled with usually with events, activities, activities. And this year it has not. It has allowed for us to actually be in our sukkah with more dedication time without rushing around, more time for the kids. Right. You know, uh, I've, I've been trying. So let's let's just be real here for a second. Like it is a little bit more of an effort to do like to, to get your mood like super up. Right. right. Usually on Sukkot, like there's so much happening and you see the people you love and you're having a fantastic meal and you're going to somewhere new and you're going to a little festival and like it's it's kind of all so bubbly, right? And this year you really have to like work a little bit more to uh, maintain the level of joy that you want to maintain on Sukkot. So um, throughout Israeli media and Jewish media and social media, there's really been a lot of effort on the part of a lot of people to create online events that will make people happy, right? And keep people educated in lots of Torah classes. And especially we've been noticing that there's a lot of music. Now here in Israel, there's a, st- um, a channel, Channel 20, which is a religious channel on television in Israel and they have been putting on every night a different like concert with featuring uh, it's like one or two hours something like that featuring different artists and they talk to the artist and they play their you know top hits Um, it's religious artists primarily 
playing their like famous songs and we play it in the sukkah we have the the computer our wi-fi i wish was a little better in the sukkah but still we have our computer hooked up in the in the sukkah and that's really fun and also i've been trying to watch some of the every single night rabbi shlomo katz has been putting on also like a zoom meeting where he brings on all kinds of special guests particularly uh, i want to see i have to watch a back uh like class or whatever from rabbi laser brody who i always really like to listen to nice um but one thing i've noticed ishai is that all the musicians are like this sukkot is like my first sukkot (laughs) they're just like i haven't spent a sukkot in the sukkah like since i don't know when because they're the happy makers, right? They're the ones who are out there performing here, performing there, performing here, performing there. And people come also from around the world. Right. And they're, you know, uh, swanky events that are being played and all the top musicians are requested and, and events throughout Jerusalem and throughout all of Israel that these artists are playing at. And this year, like Shlomo in particular, um, I heard him say was just like this Sukkot is like Gan Eden. Like I don't leave my sukkah. I stay in the sukkah all the time. And he's like, the, I, I never spent like a sukkot with my wife and my girls like the whole time. And I thought that was very interesting that like um, that this certain branch of, of Israeli society has been actually having like one of the best. I mean, on the flip side, though, I have to say that when I watch the performers performing on these online things without it's interesting because they're without um an audience right and i can imagine that when you're used to performing for an audience like you want that feedback you know you want the applause you want to see the dancing you want you know like it's uh, reciprocal a little bit so they're not getting their end of the of the experience and you can kind of see or i maybe i'm just thinking that i'm seeing but it seems like i'm seeing that they're like starving to perform a little bit like the the truth is that we've been doing this on and off since march and even when they're so 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 loose you know what i mean we've we've had this um this weight on our shoulders of coronavirus now for a long long time and you have these performers who are like want their audiences back i think a little yeah maka i totally understand what you're saying about uh, the musicians but still though it's it you know i think i think your story itself points out to the interesting reality, which is on, on the one hand, uh, you know, the regular stuff is not around, and that's maybe a little bit sad, but that's not a word that we use on this show, uh, because the other side of that is that these guys are getting a different, you know, a different kind of year, and that's really what this is about. It's about, right. it's, it's about a yeah. different kind of year. That's right. that's how it I understand it. It's a different it. kind of year. Plus, I think to myself, and I know we have people listening all over the world, but I'll just talk selfishly here for one second. I'm like, wait. So I'm still in Judea, and we have brisket. We're in Judea, and we have brisket. Like, what are the other things? Like, we're fine. Like, we're also very blessed, Baruch Hashem, a million times that we're we're healthy. Even though my shoulder is still bothering me. Did I talk about it last week? I think yeah, I did I talk so. about yeah, it last I, week. I would on the have. Show. I'd have not said like I'm. I'm surprised you're calling like you, you're. You've actually been under more uh, physical pain than I've than I've really known you to have. Yes, that's so. true. But I'm just saying that it's not like the Cossacks count came and like knocked our sukkah down yeah. and then made us pay like half of our monthly salary in some kind of a bribe tax, right? It's like we're we're still having Sukkot. Uh, 
Right. We're with our families, Baruch Hashem, although there are definitely people who are not so much with their families. Yeah. And that's not so easy. But we're here in, in the land of Israel. We're still having a holiday. And, you know, I talk to the kids. I'm like, you know, this year our our happiness, our joy was like a little muted. It's not erased. It's First of all, it's not erased, right? It's just not necessarily like at the tippy top of ecstasy that we have grown accustomed to, right? But I'm like, imagine what next year's Sukkot is going to be like. Like next year's Sukkot, even if we just go do like the normal, like going to the hotel, meet up with some friends for a barbecue, uh, like go to some like little local festival or whatever, we're going to be like, this is the most fun we've ever had, right? We're just going to be like, this is so great. That's right. So but, it's true that that we have to try harder, but but uh, good things are coming. Yeah, see, but that's that's my my the way I've been enjoying this time is just by just realizing that it's different and enjoying its 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 different aspect. And so for me, I've actually had uh, like inside my heart, I've actually had a very very pleasant and very very sweet time. And yeah, like what? Like 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 I have got this like. Overwhelming sense that the the sukkah itself is very mystical, mm. and that there's like mystical energies coming down. Like when the moon, we sleep at night in the sukkah, uh-huh. and the moon comes through the schach, the 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 canopy, which yeah. is made out of the green stuff, and it's just like the, there's like moonlight inside the sukkah through these cracks. You think we're getting like little moon pellets? I get, yeah, I get like these like moon pellet energy, and the same <laughs> thing with the sun. And I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, like. Like maybe there are photons that come exactly out in the sun mm. exactly at this time, and they're exactly blocked by this amount of like grass and uh, whatever the green stuff, the schach, and it like comes into you. And the, there's something about it which makes the Jewish person, you know, be blessed and grow. And and and, oh, and Hashem nice. just sending his his energy, right? Like and you're transported, and you're 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 and you've got all these different um, and energies that are with you. Like last night, last night uh, it was like twelve thirty at night, Malka. Yeah. And I was I, I I wanted and and I had a long day actually, and I was about to go to sleep, but I wanted to like eat a little bit. I was hungry, and I also wanted to just watch some kind of TV. So you know what I did, Malka? What? I um, I got a mango. Yeah. From the kitchen, a delicious mango, and I all the lights were off in the sukkah except for these two decorative lights that had. The Maratha Machpelah, the Tomb of Patriarchs, oh, nice. the Matrix, and the Seven Our Species. Special lamps. That's right. And then I, um, I ate the mango and I wanted to watch some TV. And then I'm like, I was gonna put on something on Netflix. Then I'm like, I don't want any junk right now at all. I want something holy. And I put on this amazing tour of the temple. Ooh. And I just watched this tour of the temple. I want to see a tour of the temple. And I was, I had like two sides to me, these little electric lamps that were had these glow pictures. I was eating a delicious mango, and I was watching, you know, really the, the innards of the temple. Oh, man. Yeah. When are we going to get to watch that? I wanted to watch it tonight with the family. And and I just, I was just like, and it just, it just felt like you're just getting. Right. And then I got up and I prayed the evening prayer. And then I forgot to say Yala and Yavo. Oh snap! So I went again and I did it, and I did it better the second time. I Good never, I never feel like when you, when you, when you screwed it up, you got to say it a second time. It's like a punishment. I'm like, great, we'll do refocus. And I, and I have this like deep belief inside that the Sukkah has all these, uh, these, these kind of parables that it, that it bespeaks of, and it's like the, the, and that you're like living out these parables, like. Like when I see, uh, when I walk around town and I see all these Sukkot 
Oh, everybody was sitting in their sukkah. I think of bird nests. Right. And I think of all of Especially like if you're birds. walking in, in like in certain neighborhoods of Jerusalem, then you really feel it when you see on the right. porches and stuff. You're like, you're like, we're all little birds and we're all Sometimes tripping. you see a lady like spit and then apply it to the outside of the sukkah. No, no that, just that, kidding. That, that you don't see. That doesn't really happen. But you do like feel like we are like little tiny chicklets. Chicks. We're... <laughs> and we're like... And then God comes and he feeds us, you know? And there's something amazing about that. And other times I think to myself that we're like we're like a seed. And we're underneath the ground because the schach is like the earth. And we're underneath it. And we're just waiting for the rain to come and for us to, to grow out of the sukkah. Or sometimes I feel like we're... Um, like like it's a chuppah, obviously. That's one of the main ones. It's like a chuppah, this whole thing. And sometimes I feel like we're, it's a womb. And we're inside the womb and we want to like, we are gestating inside this womb and, you know, for, for, for winter year and then, and then going to come out after winter. I get the Noah's Ark one. The Noah's lot. Ark one. That's right. I get that's, the Noah's Ark one. Yeah. We're like in the, in this Ark. And like everything around us is like a swirling madness. Right. But we're like safe. In and, this thing. And, and warm right. inside the sukkah. And the, 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 maybe the deepest of them all that it's really like, there's something about the sukkah, which is the top is covered like, like with this earthy stuff. And it's like. We're inside the grave, and we're like I don't we, like that one as much. We, well, no, but because because you gotta you gotta put the 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 consciousness of tchiatametim, the resurrection of the dead in your head, and then and then we're gonna come out of that, and then we're gonna burst out of that, just like the seed, you know, will burst out of the ground, and we're gonna be reborn in our land, and, and our whole story is gonna be reborn. So all these like thoughts come come to me, and so this year it's been like a real Sukkot Sukkot. It's been the, you know, except for. Going to Jerusalem. You went to Jerusalem yesterday. You got to see the old city because you had to go to the doctor. Right. That's like your excuse. There's a lot of checkpoints up. Um, I think that the police are trying to... You, okay, so Israel's under a lockdown in case that wasn't uh, clear. Israel's under a travel restriction. Basically... Yeah, it's more a restriction than a lockdown. Right. It is more of a restriction than a lockdown. And here in our town, like people go here and there without really any problem. It's not like police are like patrolling the streets to make sure yeah, like get back in your house, yeah, that kind of thing. Like it's really not thing. like that. Yeah, it's not like, it's yeah. definitely not a curfew. Um, but in between major cities, oftentimes to entrances to major cities, they're stopping people like, you know, uh, randomly. They do random stops. Right. Um, and ask people like, where are you going? Or what are you doing? Kind of like, why are you coming in here? Um, and I, I've never seen anyone being arrested on the side of the road or anything. I mean, I, I don't think you get arrested anyway, but I don't know if, how many tickets police are writing like to drivers driving in from here and there. But um, I've been having a lot of shoulder pain for like, oh, I don't even know how long anymore. Yeah. Well, I've been having a lot of shoulder pain. Any, any road, rotator, rotator cuff knowers out uh, there? Well, the truth is I went, so yesterday I... I went to get a an ultrasound of my shoulder and I was because I really truly been in a lot of pain and it wakes me up every day um from sleep that I was for sure that I have like a rotator cuff tear or something and I'm like all the way Ashkenazi and Hungarian which is like super ultra Ashkenazi that's right and then so I've been like for sure it's a tear and they're gonna tell me I need surgery and then they're gonna do the surgery except they're gonna botch it up and then I'm gonna never gonna be able to use my arm again and it's my right arm and then I'm not gonna be a useful human being anymore. and therefore I'm already now an invalid <laughs> right okay yes so I don't think the word invalid is used anymore. I think oh, it's handicapped. Invalid? Yeah, it's not. You don't use that. That's a very, and I agree with that. That's a bad term to use. So yeah. 
Yeah, whatever it is. The bottom line is that you got to you got to. I don't know. I don't know. Just like not at my top me that I want to be at. So that's not how we see it, Malka. Thanks, Ichai. We see you as your toppest you ever. Okay, and your wonderfulest. That's nice of you to say that. God bless you. So I went for this ultrasound, and it turns out that I do not have tears in the thingies that have to do with my rotator cuff. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Uh, tell that to my shoulder pain. I really don't know. Uh, I've been for an ultrasound now. Maybe I've maybe been for x-rays. Maybe your shoulder pain isn't so Ashkenazi. Maybe it's more Sephardi and you got to talk to it like... Why do you talk to your pain? Well, you got, I'm just saying, I just said Baruch Hashem, but maybe it's... In, in, maybe I need Shemal. to go to like an Ayn Hara lady or something. I like the Ayn Hara lady. They have them in Yerushalayim, but I, I know two of them. Two different ones. <laughs> two different Ayn Hara ladies. And there's the more powerful one, which is the Ashkenazi one. Really? She's more powerful than the Sephardi one, I think. Yeah, because she. <laughs> I, I, okay, this is this is this is beyond the scope of this show, I think. But <laughs> the Ein Hara ladies, yeah. If you if you ever think that you're inflicted with Ein Hara and you're in Jerusalem and, and you need to know, write me an email. Yisha Yishaifleisher dot com. If you're into that Yishai sort of thing, not everyone is into that sort of thing. dot com. Yeah, let me let me say just a few other things for a second. Um, first thing, I want to pray right now for a little thing that's going on. That uh, that that I I I am worried we have to start paying attention to. Wait, is That's this related to the shoulder thing? Is this are we still on the shoulder? Thing? I just wanted to yeah. say one thing about Sorry. it though, since you mentioned the thing about that you want to pray. I just want to say that like this pain that really honestly wakes me up every day at around three o'clock in the morning or yeah. four, and then I can't fall back asleep. Yeah. And so now I'm not like as functional as I want to be, and I'm cranky or the normal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it really it just but every day like I I full on feel sorry for myself okay let's just be honest but I like I really feel badly because I know that there are people who suffer suffer right there are people who are like suffering from real big pain from first of all physical pain but all kinds of fear and all kinds of uncertainty and all kinds of loss and all kinds of lack and things that wake them at the uh, three uh, three o'clock in the morning and mothers who are in the hospital with their kids and they're davening that they should be better, right? That they should get healthy from like real serious non-joint pain things, yeah, you know? Sure. And so that, it's been like a little, um, like the little silver lining for me on Sukkot of, the, of this thing that I'm going through, which is that it reminds you of all the people who are out there. You know, we're talking about the happy Sukkot we're not having, right? As if like we get to be so oblivious to the fact that some people don't get to have a happy Sukkot, even when it's really, really That's right. possible, right? And so I know that there's so many people, big rabbis and, and little people that you don't know their names, who are not sitting in the Sukkah even, Bichlal, at all. They can't be in the Sukkah because they're sick or because of other reasons, right? And it's uh, basically all I'm really saying is that we just have to totally appreciate the, the things that are working out. You're absolutely right, Monka. You're absolutely right. We have to be so thankful, and we also have to pray for other people absolutely. and, to, and to, to see their their pain out there. That's and that's we're still, you know, Isha. You are always talking about always after Yom Kippur. Whenever we finish Yom Kippur davening, and we're all like, so first I get, I always get like a micro panic attack. Like I don't know if that worked. <laughs> that probably didn't even work. I'm probably not forgiven. Oh no, right? And then I I try to get over that because that's just like a, a ner- neurosis, but. You're always like, the truth is, we really have until the end of Sukkot. 
because the note the you're like written in the book of life or whatever but it's not like that note about how your note how your life is supposed to go in the you next year cut the note no, note off at the past right there's still it's still like you know how the u.s postal service is doing no right? it's forget the u.s postal service it's much more like in that movie what's his name gary Harry Potter, remember with the uh, with the uh, with those with those uh, the, the, uh, the, owls? the owls. That's what it is. It's like it's like you can catch the owl before it gets. No 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 no. Yeah. Get a better note. Better note. Better note. That's right. So you have a pit katava, a good note, a uh, a good kvittel, as they right, say. Good kvittel. I like that one. Which is which is the, like you can still cut off the note, and that's tomorrow night, at one of my favorite nights of the year, and that's Hoshana Rabba, very very special night. Excuse me, that's tonight. That's tonight, Hoshana oh, Rabba man. tonight. It's one of the most special nights. I gotta make my nights. special coffee. Yeah, it's that, and it's it's really a ch- it's really uh, uh, it's such a sp- such a special energy that's coming through, and we we just have to surf this thing. Really, really, there's a there's a magic is surf surf it surf it, and there's a magic Israeli word that you everybody's got to learn now. Okay, and I want a hashtag on this. Oh, where's the music? Okay, here's okay. the magic Israeli word, which is tizrom. <laughs> tizrom. Or tizrami. Or tizrami. Achoti tizrami or tizrom. Tease Rome, okay? Tease, T-I-Z, Rome, R-O-M. Tease Rome. Yeah. Which means ride it, surf it, flow with go it. Go with the flow. Go it really means flow. go with the flow. Flow with it. And it's just that's what it is now. And that's what I say. I say, Tease Rome. And then we say in Israel, that's like a big compliment. When you say to somebody like, like you, you go with it. You, you, you really know I've how to go with I've noticed that our daughter, Leah Batzion, who is Bli Ein Haratfututu, about to be a teenager very, very soon. She's like ending tween and going right into teen. Yeah. That's like a big thing for her that the teacher Zoremet. She's not Zoremet. <laughs> she's flowing. We're she's so gonna... Zor- She was so Zoremet. <laughs> she the was way, not Zoremet. Le- Leah's an awesome Zoremet herself. She really knows how to these Roman so, situations. So speaking of Leah, here's what Sukkot looks like in Israel right now. Yesterday, I'm like, okay, there's absolutely nothing I can do with the kids. So I'm like, Leah, do you want to come with me to Jerusalem to my shoulder ultrasound appointment? <laughs> And you can walk around in in the shuk. It was the, my appointment was right by the shuk Machane Yehuda, the famous shuk, the outdoor market, and the outdoor uh, vegetable market with restaurants and clothing stores and all that stuff. It's really fun. Uh, and I'll go to my thing, and then we'll walk around a little bit, and then maybe we'll go to the grocery store. And she's just like, okay, right? <laughs> she's nice, right? She's Zoremet, so right. she's like. She's like, fine. So I gave her some money. She got a juice at the Shukamach and Yehuda, but everything was like almost shut, almost everything was shut down. It was like vegetable stores open. It was shuttered. Yeah, it was it was not the Shuk that everyone knows and loves. And then we went to um, Osher Ad grocery store in Talpiot. Since I was already in Jerusalem, I felt like go to some Jerusalem grocery action. It's fun at the Osher Ad grocery store. So I took her and they have these devices. I don't know if they have this in America. i imagine they might where you can scan your own stuff as it goes into the cart and then you take your cart to this like big um way station scale yeah. way station yeah right. and it like very accurately weighs your cart and the based on the fact that they like input every single weight of every single thing in the store into the thing then it knows based on the weight right that you're all good that you're good Okay, so I took her to, to Osher Ad. I'm like, listen, we're going to the grocery store. Like, I'm not pretending that like, this is really fun, but 
at least you can like get out of the house you know what i mean and this is like your thing i tried to make a joke out of it like this is your thing that we're doing for sukkot she must have told me 45 times this is so much fun she was like scanning the did you take a picture of her scanning it? yes i want to see she's scanning the frozen bug-free cauliflower (laughs) she's like this is a dream come true and i'm just like i'm like wow this is where we've gotten to but I was happy that she get, she was like, they sell toys, you know, when you're a little kid and you always dream that you're going to like scan the foods and stuff like that. That's the action that we've been doing. So That's awesome. I, I, and then she came home, yeah. ate a little bit, and then I had to go get my gun license renewal. Yeah. And she's like, can I come with you? And at first I'm like, no, you already had your fun for the day. <laughs> But she's like, she's like, can I come with you? And I'm like, okay. So I take her. Yeah. And the gun range, which is called Caliber 3, one of the so premier. So awesome. And it's an, great if you're a tourist also. You can come and you make an appointment with them. Right. And they teach you how to use some of their sick, crazy weaponry. Yeah. It's it's an amazing place. And they really and they really have a great time. And in fact, I would like to turn them into a sponsor of my show. Let's do that. I want to do that. And then, and then I don't do know if you- Do you get like <clears> a kickback <throat> of free guns and stuff? No, no. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't. I don't. Actually, the sponsors of my show. I don't actually ask them for money at all. I ask them to do the thing that they do, which is like, okay, if you're like trailet, so if I sell, you know, through my show this match trailer, so give me trailer, and therefore I'll have it's a barter, barter, it's barter, and therefore I'll have more trailer, and I'll be proud to promote your product. Right. So it's the same. These are thing. things we really believe in. Basically, yeah, it's the things I believe in. Yeah. So then I turn to these places, and that that's how they become. And then when you sponsor them, that really helps. Like it also even helps. It even helps the sound of the show. Don't you agree that it's fun to have sponsors? It's fun to have you know product names and stuff like that. I I think it makes it much more lively. In any case. And you, should, you guys should all know about the things that are great right, that, exactly. we, that we know about. And we're always happy to hear from you, by the way, if you think that there's somebody else that we should be featuring. Right. Or, or, or if something is good or even not so good. So let Ooh. me know. Let me know about that. Any case, let me just get to this, that, that I took Leia to the, uh, to the gun range. For, we were worried for, that she'd have to sit in the car. Like, no, not in the car. I thought or like she, on like, the in side the, in the or something, back. you know, playing on a cell phone. Anyway, so I'm like, so we have this like class. It was only three people were taking this like renewal gun class. Gun renewal class. And, gun license. And I was like, and the guy that was giving it is this like monster of a man, okay? We're talking about a wide. We're talking about a <laughs> tattooed. Wide. We're talking oh about gosh. a guy who literally later on I found out had drank in his fourth uh, XL. No, 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 no. Red Bull type thing. drink. Don't do it. Who rides a mean motorcycle. Get out of here. Okay. Okay, and it's just this this How monster. Does the size of his biceps compare to the size of your head? Okay, his his, his he's he's just and he's aggressive and Israeli and awesome and a fast talker, and and uh, and I asked him, I'm like, and I'm like, me, I'm like, yo, can I bring my girl to the class? He's like, yeah, and then and then we he we brought her her in, and the lady that was taking the class with me, there was another man who was like a security guard. There was this. A older lady who did not speak a lick o Hebrew, okay. Wow. She, and then what turned happened is that Arlea became her translator and is sitting <laughs> in the class explaining to her everything that mean guy is, is saying. I mean, he's the nicest guy in the world, but he's like, but like, mean, you know, he's mean if you're bad. If yeah, but he's actually the sweetest, biggest heart guy in the world ever. It's awesome. And we're getting this this full Should, on. Did he show you like pictures of kittens on his phone? And no, stuff? no, 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 no. No, 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 no. He's the tulips me- he's, he planted. No, no, he's meaner than that. Okay, he's, <laughs> uh, you know, we we talked a lot about guns, and 
and anyway, we had the we had the greatest time, and she really learned a lot about not only about shooting, not only about the laws of shooting, not only how to take apart a gun, but also the Israeli mannerisms. There's a whole world of Israeli mannerisms that are involved with security, army, and 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 the oh, whole. Or did she come back speaking only <clears throat> in acronyms? But that's part of it. You know, that's part of it. Acronyms is part of it, but there's a whole way. When you go to the Israeli army, you learn that there's a, a way of Israeli security. It's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a type. Right. Speaking of security, by the way, um, so that was fun for Leia, and, th- and that was really she special for day. her. She really, she really, and it was like there was nobody on the range. There was nobody there. It was us three, and that's it. I mean, it was like uh, now. Now, actually, you never have enough time because there's always a hundred people. There's always pressure. I had all the time in the world. It was it was really really great and and fun. Wow. And, and Leia got to Leia go to the grocery store and. S- and scan stuff, yeah. and then she got to teach people about weaponry. It's great. What it's a great, great day! That is real Holomoid action. Yeah, see, it, 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 you got to lose Rome. <laughs> you got to lose Rome. Now, I, I do want to pause here for a second and talk about something else for a second. Right. I want to just say there's a conflict going on in a place called Nagorno Karabakh, okay, which is in Azerbaijan, okay, uh, and uh, and there is a there's a conflict that's now raging between. Uh, between Armenia, the Armenians, really, and 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 uh, Azerbaijan, in this place in Azerbaijan, it's a long story about how this like island of um, of uh, of of Armenians ended up in as Azer- in this area of Azerbaijan. Yeah, they've had a few conflicts now. Azerbaijan are Turkmen; they're they're Turkish people. All right. They speak an offshoot of Turkish, and and the Armenians have had a bad way with the Turks. Um, uh, uh, they, you know, they they suffered a type of Holocaust uh, from the Turks, and um, th- there's very, very, very bad blood between the Turks and the Armenians. The Armenians are one of the first Christians. Hmm. Uh, the Turks are 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 Muslims, obviously. Um, and uh, there's just very, very bad blood between these these peoples, and this conflict that started that that, that rockets are flying, Oy. and and they're landing on civilian populations. There's no videos because they uh, because basically all of uh, there are videos, but not a lot because there's no press there. They've basically kicked out the press, wow. and and that's the way when real fighting happens is when you kick out the press, not when you give press tours. And and it's bad stuff. And the, the reason it's also, that's bad enough as it is, but also uh, this is now like part of the greater Middle East region and the Turks are involved on the Azerbaijanis side and the Russians right. are involved on the... The Turks have been rabble-rousers <clears throat> recently. I'll, let's let's limit it to Mr. Erdogan, who is a, a bad dude and really is trying to rabble-rouse the region and really needs a good war to get things going for him. The Turkish lira is in the toilet and also, I, I actually don't think that the Turkish people want this. I think they, they, they love tourism. There's 51 million why tourists you, a year. Why do you mention this story? Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that this thing has a spillover effect because the Turks why? are involved, the Russians are involved, the Iranians who also help the Turks may also be involved. We're also semi-involved in that we sell arms to Azerbaijan, which is a Muslim country, which is one of the most pro-Israel Muslim countries. Mm. We also sell arms to the Armenians. Wow. Uh, but like, there's like some grumbling about our, and it's in the newspapers oh, about how our. that our arms are going to be used against these people. Well, it, it happened already. And so and so there's there's some tension there. And it's now, it used to be the Caucasus was far away, but now it's actually part of the, 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 the greater Middle East. Mm-hmm. And so watch this conflict. Yeah. 
for for something that could draw a lot more players in, or let's do it on the Yishai Fleischer show. Let us pray a little bit mm-hmm. for this region, f- for it to calm down the the Azeris, which are Turks, the the uh, Armenians. Let's pray that like that that whole area calms down a little bit, and that like people like Erdogan or Khomeini uh, d- don't <laughs> uh, get to you know do their thing, which is. How how big evil powers love to fight, which is in proxy wars. They love proxy wars. Okay, they love feeding local proxies and, and and having them kill one another and start a whole thing. And I'm just telling you right now, this thing could escalate. And so that therefore, I am really like saying to people, mind this thing and let's pray for the peace of of uh, the region of of the Caucasus uh, and and this uh, this conflict in uh, Nagorno Karabakh. Uh, that reminds me of one last thing, which is uh, conflict. You keep t- you used the term Jerusalem throughout the show, and the way you pronounced it, it sounded a little bit with a Z. The way I just said it, Jerusalem. I said Jerusalem. You said Jerusalem, but not you. You, you didn't say you. You made the S. It came a little bit more towards okay. the Z. That happens. Well, you're trying to con- cause a regional conflict. No, with me you, right you know, there's a family in our town. They're called Jerusalem. 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 Okay, with a Z, which is cool. You know. Uh, the reason that reminds me, it actually reminds me of uh, of some of the people that have contracted COVID include also uh, one uh, individual by the name of Pastor Hagee. Ah. And Pastor Hagee, uh, along with President Trump and along with uh, with Gedolim here in Israel, various right. Gedolim, um, uh, various Torah scholars, um, Ruf Kanievsky, of course, uh, who also uh, got it. So the reason that reminds me is that when when uh, when uh, this Pastor Hagee, who runs this pro-Israel uh, mega church called Kufai Christians United for Israel, he you pointed out to me that he spoke uh, at the Jerusalem Embassy right. move, and I thought to myself this was would be a great way to kind of get people excited about about Jerusalem, okay? And we're not right now in Jerusalem. Maybe, maybe you're listening to the show outside of Jerusalem, outside of it, and we wanted to, to transport you because remember, the sukkah, and this one is for my friend Arthur, okay? The sukkah is also a type of... Uh, a type of Star Trek like it's an embassy. Yeah, but you also can be can you can beam down or beam up to Jerusalem by just entering your right. sukkah. Right. Once you go, they say that the the going into the sukkah is going into the land of Israel. That's right. So so when you go into the sukkah outside of the land of Israel, you are transported into the land of Israel, and uh, and if you're going Wait, to the who, sukkah, who and if you're going it's into Scotty who beams you in the old Star Trek. Jordy, does he do the beaming in no, the next generation? No, of course not. Jordy's the head of engineering. Uh, you're talking about uh, what's his name? Uh, the Scottish guy also. They they also put a, a they put a Is it Scotty? No, it's not Scotty. Oh my gosh, forget it. It'll come back to me in a second. Anyway, uh, <laughs> now you're embarrassing me that I that I wouldn't know. Uh, I'm going to have to uh O'Brien, that's his name. The guy's name I was is almost going to I was almost going to have to uh yeah. Take your Russian card. No. <laughs> My Miles O'Brien, that's his name, Miles O'Brien. Anyway, so so the the Sukai is is a, is a transport device 
And that's what we got to do, Maka. We got we to get transported. If you're outside of the land of Israel and you go to the Sukkah, you're going into the land of Israel. If you're in the land of Israel, you're going to Yerushalayim. You're going to Yerushalayim. And if you're in Yerushalayim and you're inside of yeah, Sukkah, don't get burned going, on that, that Mizbeah. You're going into the Holy of Holies. Yeah. All right? So, so it just brings us up a level. And that's exactly the feeling that we have to be right now that we're getting transported. We got to lease Rome. We got to flow. With uh, with the good flow and 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 oh my gosh! Speaking of which, yeah. can I just tell you about one of my happiest moments of Sukkot? Wait, so I just want to play that segment. Uh good. Yes, uh, play the segment uh, with. Uh, of, roll that tape. I want to roll the tape of Pastor Hagee uh, doing the convocation invocation. Yes, What's it called? So good invocation. Uh, convocation. Convocation at the uh, at the uh, at the famous inauguration of the Jerusalem Embassy. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God who calls the stars by name and measures space with a span of his hand. The God who is the king of the universe. We gather here today to thank you for the joy of living and seeing this glorious and historic day. We thank you for the state of Israel, the lone torch of freedom in the Middle East, who lives and prospers because of your everlasting love for the Jewish people. It was you, O Lord, who gathered the exiles from the nations and brought them home again. It was you who made statehood possible. It was you that gave a miraculous victory in 1967 when Jerusalem was reopened to worshipers of all faith. Jerusalem is the city of God. Jerusalem is the heartbeat of Israel. Jerusalem is where Abraham placed his son on the altar of the Temple Mount and became the father of many nations. Jerusalem is where Jeremiah and Isaiah penned principles of righteousness that became the moral foundations of Western civilization. Jerusalem is where Messiah will come and establish a kingdom that will never end. We thank you, O Lord, for President Donald Trump's courage in acknowledging to the world a truth established 3,000 years ago that Jerusalem is and always shall be the eternal capital of the Jewish people. And because of that courage of our president, we gather here today to consecrate the ground upon which the United States Embassy will stand reminding the dictators of the world that America and Israel are forever united. We thank you for our ambassador, David Friedman, and pray your anointing upon him as he opens the doors of the U.S. Embassy to receive the nations of the world. Let the word go forth from Jerusalem today that Israel lives. Shout it from the housetops that Israel lives. Let every Islamic terrorist hear this message, Israel lives. Let it be heard in the halls of the United Nations, Israel lives. Let it echo down the marble halls of the presidential palace in Iran, Israel lives. Let it be known to all men that Israel lives because he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. As King David prayed 3,000 years ago, We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all its inhabitants. Let the name of the Lord be glorified today for the defender of Israel today, tomorrow, and forever is here. 
Can we all shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. All right, that was awesome. That's such good stuff. I have The truth is that I have that speech on my phone, and my phone is at crazy high capacity of things that I've saved on my phone because I'm just like that. I'm cluttery on my phone. I cannot bring myself to delete that speech off my phone because it's Jerusalem. so good. Jerusalem. Israel lives. Israel lives. Oh, man, you tell them. <laughs> That's good stuff. Speaking of Israel lives, I just want to say that um, one of my happiest moments of Sukkot has been so far, um, you know, we try very hard in our family. When we lived in Jerusalem, we still had to Jerusalem. try. Jerusalem. Yeah. When we lived in Jerusalem, we still had to try. But now that we don't live in Jerusalem, we really have to try to make it to the priestly blessing, Birkat Kohanim, in Jerusalem. Um, we really want that blessing. I take it seriously. We take it literally. And yep. we want those Kohanim to do that thing with their hands and give us the blessing yep. that their great, 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 grandfather Aaron started so many years ago on the Jewish people. Right. And that happens during the festivals of Passover and of Sukkot at the Kotel. And this year it didn't happen for Pesach at all. And that was, I mean, it happened, right? The, I guess Kohanim, they brought some Kohanim in to do it. But it wasn't public. It wasn't uh, made public kind of. But this, this holiday, they figured it out. And they made such an incredible nationally televised prayer service from the Kotel with priests who did the priestly blessing. It was live. And the prayer itself, it's, it's the priestly blessing is part of like a, the much larger morning prayer service of Sukkot. And it was so beautifully done. And they made sure that also even the people who were doing the, 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 the prayers on the microphones that they were like harmonizing and things like that. Yeah, there was, there was like a like a, like a mini choir, like a, like a mini like a like a trio. It was yeah, a, trio. a trio. It was so of like very from Haredi yeah. singers. Yeah, Haredi trio. It was so lovely, yeah. and we broadcasted in our sukkah, and we all prayed, and we all stood up and listened to Birkat Kohanim. Yeah, we were right there. And we it were transported. was it was it was the best that we could do. That's right. right, and it's um. It was such a joy to see that the state of Israel and that the religious institutions and that the powers that be, the, the, the media also, that they all coordinated to make sure that people, you know, people come from all over the country and certainly from all over the world to be part of the priestly blessing service to come together. And the Kotel Plaza is packed every time. Packed, right. packed, packed. Right. Rain or shine. And... Um, and it was so nice. It just really gave me like uh, a very comforting feeling that no matter what, we're going to just do our best. We're going to do our best to live our, our best Jewish life. And the way we're going to do it is through Lee's Rome. Lee's Rome. We're we got to Lee's Rome. Rome. We got to Lee's Rome with it. Malka, I really want to thank you so much for joining me today. I want to wish you a happy uh, Sukkot. And I want to wish you. you a pit katava, a good that, Thank you. You too. Good note. Uh, I want to thank all the Should donors. Should be very successful this year. Thank you very much, Amen. And speaking of successful, we have great donors who who make all the difference uh, from 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 Northern California to to Switzerland. 
uh, to to Atlanta, Georgia, Arizona, to Arizona. We have we have uh, and and England and all over the world. New York and of course New York. God bless you guys so much. You guys make all the difference for us. Thank you so much for for being part of our family, a part of our life. I want to thank the Land of Israel Network, which uh, which you know hosts this show and other shows. I want to thank JewishPress.com for actually hosting this show so uh, regularly right. throughout for many years and thank for, and for being a great news station, JewishPress.com. So it's the Land of Israel Network, thelandofisrael.com, JewishPress.com. I want to thank the good folks at Jerusalem Salves. Okay? Yes, I have some Jerusalem Salve right now. Yeah. I slept in the sukkah and my face was a little dry. I put some Jerusalem Salve. That's on right. my face, and and uh, there's this like nice mint lip balm. That's right. So Jerusalem salves. I, I that I'm I wearing right now. Salves comes from from the word salvation. Right. If you want to save your skin, okay. <laughs> from so, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, not not yes, blessings from Jerusalem. That's right. Uh, we also have a, a brand new sponsor, which is called Blessed by Israel. Blessed by Israel, and it's very cool because you can get Israeli products, and that makes all the difference in the world, like Israeli olive oil, okay? So not all of us live next to like a bodega that stocks all the Israeli products like they have in Brooklyn. I don't so, think they call it a bodega when it stocks Israeli products. It, it might be. It might be. Still, I'm, no, I'm talking about in like Brooklyn. In, like, in, like, uh, ah, I see. Yeah. Uh, so check that out, uh, blessed by Israel. Our good friends at HebronFund.org, which is which is so important for protecting and defending and, and and beautifying the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs and having a Jewish community live in this important ancient community, which is Hebron. You are making all the difference in the world when you support HebronFund.org. Thank you, thank you to my friend Dan Harris, who's a good buddy of mine. Just donated to HebronFund.org uh, in my name. That was really wow. nice of him. So that made me feel really great. And and thank you, Dan, for your help on that. Um, and um, who else we got? We got Trelet, T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T, for the biblical blue string is back, 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 back. And you can be part of it, and it's an awesome mitzvah. Uh, so this this is your year. This is your year to go blue, okay? <laughs> this is your year to go blue. And once you go blue, you never go back. Yeah, no, uh, good try. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the, the sponsors of our show, and the greatest sponsor of our show is you. Because you're a part of it, and and uh, the greatest greatest sponsor of the show, of course, is the God of Israel, who is letting us sponsoring all of us today. Sponsoring all of us today, that's right. And if and if if we're alive today, that means that He wants us to be alive, and something that we should be so thankful for. And uh, I want to thank you, Malka, for being the sponsor of this household and giving us your blessings. Rav Mike Foyer is up next, uh, so stay up for that because we're going to go through Vizota Bracha, the Torah portion, the last Torah portion, the last words of Moses, uh, and we're going to figure out how to go from there. Do we go back? Do we go forward? We're going to figure out what to do with Rabbi Mike Foyer, uh, Mike <laughs> Foyer right, is going to take us forward. Uh, and I also want to thank Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and... Moish, Moshe Herman, who is really rocking the net waves, making sure that you guys get the show uh, through the various channels. All you have to do is just tune in and leave us a good, uh, a con- a good what do you call it, a good review. Right. A good review uh, somewhere where you listen. It makes a big difference for the old bots. And right. Little crawlers, little little internet crawler robots that learn if this is a good show to promote to another person so that we can ride the wave of the algorithm. Lise okay? Rome. We got to lease Rome. We got to serve that algorithm. Zoram. And you can help us serve that algorithm. If you, do you understand that if you add like put like take five minutes, th- this is like a weird thing. If you take five minutes and put like a five star rating on something, that means that the algorithm wave will reach another person and you will help another person come close to Torah and Israel. 
or Israel and Torah. Mini activism. That's uh, all you have to do. You understand? You've helped another person because you've taught the great algorithm in the sky, or is, in some computer somewhere. Right, and it, you know, in Steve Jobs's brain, that that this makes all the difference in the world. So, so algorithm it up. All right, folks. Uh, Rav Mike Foyer is next. Have a great blessing for uh, for a full. Uh, excellent report from God for, yes, for, for the best report card ever and for blessings for a new year. Amen. So, Pit Katava, a good yes, note to you. Yes, and to you too, Ishai. You should little. continue to be successful in this show and healthy and happy. And the bots should just be like, Ishai show, Ishai show, Ishai <laughs> show. All year. <laughs> All right, folks. More great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And Shalom. Shalom and welcome everybody to the Ishai Fleischer Show broadcasting on Facebook, on Periscope, on YouTube, and on the Land of Israel Network. Today's show, today's this segment at least, is about the last Torah portion and Sukkot. And we are joined by our beloved Rav Mike Foyer, teacher extraordinaire at the Partis Institute, a, a historian, and also a spiritual coach, Rav Mike Foyer. Shalom and welcome to the show. Shalom Ishai. It's good to see you and you're sick of there. Well, I'm actually, I'm not in my sukkah. This is actually oh. my regular studio. Oh, I, I feel I'm, so robbed. No, no, my, my sukkah is right, like it's right across. I'm, I'm, I'm looking right at it right now. Uh, okay. But I jumped in to do a little bit of, uh, of broadcasting with you. And, and our good friend Lou has already joined. He says, Shalom, uh, Yishai and Rav Mike. Shalom, Lou. It's great to be Hello. with you, Rav Mike Foyer. I'm very excited to be with you today because I want to tell you that I, I made myself a little challenge and that challenge is something I'm trying to fulfill today. And that is that, you know, you and I, we, uh, we go over the Torah portion throughout the year. But there's one Torah portion. Uh, there's a few, but there's one Torah portion that I could generally say, I don't think I know it too well. And that Torah portion uh, is the Torah portion of Zotah Bracha. Now, there's two reasons for that. Uh, one is that usually it's, well, we read it at the very last, the very end of Sukkot in this like separate, but, but, but partial part of Sukkot holiday called Shmini Atzeret, which we celebrate as Simchat Torah during Sukkot, you know, you're always going out and you don't have as much time to study. So I always miss it. And there's another reason why I don't think I know the Parsha so well is because, uh, in, in the Russian slash Parsh part of the American tradition, you drink on Simchat Torah. And therefore, the Torah portion, which itself is a tricky Torah portion with very challenging words and concepts, uh, plus add to that, you know, a few shots of vodka uh, and, you know, Jews twirling around. And so easy, uh, easy to not exactly know what this Torah portion is about. But it's like the end of the Torah portion, the final words of Moses. So this year I took it upon myself as a challenge to study uh, the Torah portion of Zota Bracha in preparation for our show. And I really like took it seriously. Uh, and so I'm very excited to discuss with you. Tell me, tell me what you think about uh, not knowing the Zota Bracha. Well, I, I think that you shouldn't drink during Shul. Aside from that little, little moral point, listen, it's an easy one to get squeezed out. I mean, uh, Azinu is this sort of like divine declaration of testimony sheet on the other side is, well, the beginning of everything. And this is like, you know, Moshe's last bracha. He doesn't even bless everybody. We have like, it pales in comparison to Yaakov's bracha, which is much better known. And I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, and, and as you pointed out, the language is legendarily difficult. Right. 
It's, it's, it's not even that the language is difficult. It's it's that the sense of the language, like it's not tricky words, like in Eov. It's just like you're like, what is it? What is right. It? What exactly does this mean? Yeah, I'm very excited about it. So we're in the book of Deuteronomy. Okay, the book of Dvarim, and uh, it's the it's the last Torah portion in the book. It's called Vizot Bracha, uh, and it's chapter um, 33, the the old log, and uh, we start with uh, the, the bracha which. Which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death, and it starts off tricky right from the get-go. It says, "Vayomer Hashem misinai ba." Hashem came from Sinai, or reached out to them from Sinai, uh, greeted them at Sinai. V'zarach misir. He he like he had a, a, a sunrise. Shined out. Right. Shined out in out of Seir Lamo. Hofia mihar paran. He appeared from the na- from the mountain of. Faran or Paran, and now, Atamirvavot Kodesh, and now these thousands of 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 uh, holy things, which we explain to be his angels, are from his right hand, Mimino, or from his right side. Esh Lamo. It's a burning, uh, a burning uh, knowledge, a burning no, not- law. Yeah, more more law than knowledge. Although this word is actually one of the most difficult in the entire parsha. I mean, knowledge was is with an iron, so that's clearly not what it is. No, I was talking like a knowledge, like like a follow this this right dot, as in like you know dot vinimus. Except the word dot dalid taf is not actually a Macquarie Hebrew word. It's Persian. Mm-hmm. There's no word in Hebrew for religion per se. So right. it's a it's a big question, and it's written as esh dot. You know, um, as as one word, but we read it as H dot Lamo. Um, uh, you know, uh, this is where Rashi brings the very famous midrash about the Torah being written in black fire on top of white fire, um, in some attempt to understand what it means. Um, and, or Unklish says, you know, that Katav Yumine Migo Raita Yahavlona that they. God wrote with God's right hand in fire. He wrote down the Torah in fire, and he gave it to us. It's H dot, meaning the fiery religion. So, so, so we're starting off with this verse, and one of the, the one of the great explanations here is that God showed up, and He first gave it to Seir. He tried to offer the Torah to Seir. That's to Esav and his progeny, and then they rejected it. Then He went to Paran, which is. Um, like the desert of Paran, which is like the Arabian desert, which was like the Arabs, Ishmael. He gave to Ishmael. They rejected it. So Esau didn't want it. The Christian, Roman, Greek world, uh, the Islamic world, the Arab world didn't want it. The Jews wanted it. And they wanted it. And they got from these thousands of holy angels from his right hand. They got this religion or knowledge. Uh, well, okay, you don't like knowledge. This, this pathway um, um, for his nation. Now, th- this concept that the that the other nations rejected it—that's a tricky concept, because on the other hand, on the one hand, we say that the 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 other nations rejected it; they could have had it, but they didn't want it because they didn't like the the toughness of these of the laws. Because that's what the what the first phrase is really about. It's like there's law here. That's really what the word dot really wants to say to you. It's like there's there's law. It's a fiery law. Uh, they didn't want it, but on the other hand, the Jewish people. We're also commanded to be like a light unto the nations, to bring it back to the nations who maybe rejected it early on. So th- th- this first phrase is like, they rejected it, it's for you, but it's a fiery, 
It's a fiery religion. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it speaks, aside from the uh, sort of a rabbinic stance where they're always looking to elevate Am Yisrael, it's a very important way of reading the Midrash, right? And, and the fact that the nations of the world rejected the Torah in this Midrash because it put limitations on their behavior, whereas Am Yisrael was willing to accept those limitations without really knowing what would any reward be. And aside from that, this, I think, speaks to one of those questions that comes up a lot when you speak to um, sort of liberal universalists. So if the Torah is important and God wanted to give it to the world, why give it to one people? Why not give it to the world as a whole, right? Why does it have to be the special possession of Am Yisrael? And I think in that we see that, that um, the Torah is an evolutionary or long-term educational perspective. It's like it's hard enough to get a small group of committed people who frankly were desperate had no better options. Let's remember, right? Right. Seir is where Esav lives. He's at home. Haran is where you know the Bnei Ishmael live. They're at home. They don't really need somebody coming to their house telling them what to do. Am Yisrael is in the middle of the wilderness at Sinai. We just left slavery. We're told we're going to the land of Israel, but we've never seen it. You know, this is God throwing us a lifeline, and 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 we accept that lifeline, really not knowing, not seventy Shema, not knowing what it involves, and we're stuck with it. We, we, like in, in all honesty, without you know, not gonna gonna soft pedal it. We're stuck with it, and because we're stuck with it, we decide to make it work. And lo and behold, it turns out that the Torah can pull out from the human soul and consciousness and creation an endless amount of light. But it's the type of thing that I don't know that you would accept it freely um, in a in a normal situation. I mean, the sages and many other midrashim talk about how we were all but forced to take the Torah at Sinai. So I think that that's part of what this midrash is speaking out is that is that the Torah is so demanding that it couldn't have possibly been offered to the world as a whole because they wouldn't have taken it. It was only a small people between slavery and and settling in their land. Who would, who would ever take such a risk of binding themselves in this way. So the word binding is a great word because the next phrase is Torah Tzivalanu Moshe, God commanded us the Torah, Morasha, it's an internal inheritance, eternal inheritance for the congregation of, of Yaakov. And uh, the Balaturim, and this one's kind of obvious, makes a connection between the word Morasha, which only appears twice in the whole Torah. And it, it's connect, the, the other time that we're told about Morasha is that the land of Israel is an internal inheritance, and that now we're told that the Torah is an internal inheritance. And the rabbis like to connect Morasha to the word Meorasa, that w- there's an engagement. The Jewish people are engaged to the land of Israel, the to- Jewish people are engaged to the Torah. But I prefer to think of it, the word Morasha is there to say that the Torah and the land of Israel are engaged to one another. Uh, and that's their fullest most most procreative um, the land pro, is procreative when it's got Torah in it the Torah is fruitful when it's when it's in the land so these two things are bound together yeah and I would say if I, also adding the layer that you hinted at there building on what I said is that you know the truth is Eretz Israel is not an easy inheritance either you know and we see this today where um, there are parts of our society who were born and raised here, who are basically looking around and saying, what do I need this trouble for? What do I need this trouble for? There are other people who want the land. It's in this difficult region. Things are cheaper in Berlin, you know? And, and the reality is, is that like the Torah, 
like marriage, you, you, you have to be committed in order to derive from this relationship what it can really offer. If you've got one foot out the door or you even think that you could go, so then, yeah, when the gets tough, people check out. And But both Torah and Eretz Yisrael are such that God bound us to them and they become our nahala. There really is our inheritance, you know, from which, like you said, we can strike root and bear fruit. You, you know, Rabbi Mike, you're talking about uh, you're talking about um, commitment. One of the great secrets to commitment is that it's got to be something that you love. It's got to be something that like you enjoy. It's something that that it's that in a sense you want to commit to over and over again. And joy is one of the great secrets to commitment. Like Torah's got to be. Now you're not serving the joy, right? You're not you're not doing it because it's joyful. You're not doing it because it's fun. But if you're doing it and it's fun. And you can enjoy, you know, being close to God and being close to the land of Israel. Like for me, a lot of times I meet people who like say, like, I'm here in the land of Israel because it's right, you know. I'm like, yeah, but I also love it. I love it. And the reason I'm saying these things is because, you know, today is Chag Sukkot. It's the Sukkot Booths holiday. And one of the toughest mitzvahs in the Torah. Now, the today, as we're recording this live, today is also the Yortzite, the passing day of the Gaon Mivilna. Rabbi Nachman was yesterday. Today's gone. Nachman is yesterday. Right. And I, I celebrated very seriously Rabbi Nachman's uh, yard site yesterday. And hopefully not is, too seriously. I mean. No, I, I actually took it seriously. I took you it took it seriously, but I hope you weren't too serious. That was my no, point. no, but I, but I really, I really actually, like I think maybe more than any other day in my whole life uh, for, for Rabbi Nachman's yard site, I took it seriously. Uh, and uh, today is uh, the uh, uh, the Gaon Vilna's yard site. The Gaon Vilna said, said that the hardest mitzvah in the whole Torah is to try to be happy for seven days straight. Because the Torah says you're supposed to be ach samech, only happy. Okay? Uh, and that's really one of the toughest mitzvot. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of people have been telling me that they're feeling a little bit down because we're in a, a, a closure here in Israel. We're not really allowed out of our like towns and not so much out of our homes and to visit other people. I'm trying not to leave my sukkah. Right. Yafet. So I want to tell you that, that while I, I hear that, I want you to see some of the comments that, that I'm seeing right now from people. I'm putting up on the screen right now. Avinash says, I love Israel, God's chosen people. Erica says, Shalom Rabbi, it's nice to make a show during the Chag. Toda! exclamation point. Modim Lisimcha from Sweden. I have to go to work, but I'll listen later. Okay, great. Uh, I, got, uh, I, got, I got happy remarks from Jay White who says, Shalom Aleichem, guys. Chag Samech, many blessings to you and the families. He talks about Mashiach coming soon. Uh, Michael says, I'm from Papua New Guinea, watching you rabbis doing the show and teaching Torah during the season of Sukkot. Todah Rabbah. And more and more, I'm seeing just a lot of people here. Uh, Frank says, each morning I thank God that I'm in the land. I'm seeing just that there's, there's this will to be joyful right now inside. People want to be joyful. They don't want to be brought down <clears throat> by, the, um, by the limitations. They want to be excited about it. And I think that, that, that that's, that's also eshdat. Eshdat means like it's got to be a burning thing. You got to be excited about it. You got to be excited about it and turned on by it. Uh, I mean, I would add to that, if I may, that it's important to make a distinction between sason and simcha, right? That those are two words that, that we use a lot in relationship to the moed, right? Um, you know, the sason and the simcha, that they, the, the, the moedim are given in order... I would say to, to have fun and rejoice, meaning Sasson can come and go. And I can get if it's hard to have Sasson in a time where many of the things like, you know, my kids are struggling right now. We usually do, you know, trips and we go to fun places and there's like a big uh, 
uh, laser tag thing in my family. We like to play laser tag as a family <laughs> on on uh, homeway. Yeah, it's a great spot over by Latrune. You ever go over by the? Oh, is it excellent? They let you do like it's like an army setup with fake M16s and like um, it's fun. It's a fun place. Um, so kids nice. love it. Get into it, but um, can't do any of that right now. And and, and so I think that the Sasson piece. You have to be honest, I think it's important to be honest. Yeah, it's harder. To, simcha is something else, though. Simcha is the um, sense of joy, which really I think is rooted in knowing you're doing what you need to do. Like I often think about what it was like when I was in university or certain jobs I've had in my lifetime, where you wake up in the morning and you say, "Yes, I have so much to do today." You know, like they're they just that you feel a sense of purpose that you're like you said you're connected to. It's fulfilling. It's enjoyable. But it's work. It's work. It doesn't just happen. It's not like Sesson. They just woohoo! This is so much fun. And and so therefore, it's not only a choice you make once to be besimcha, but it is a constant commitment. And uh, and there are deep elements of, of gratitude and purpose and meaning. So I, I you know it takes some work. It does take some work. It's an avoda. It is an avoda, and, and I think I think that's what uh, what what uh, what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling us. Like this is not an easy gig. This is a serious gig, and you're going to work hard at it. Um, and he says like this. He says now we're in verse chapter thirty three, verse five. There was a, there was a, a king in Jeshurun, and interestingly enough, uh, the Rav Yehuda Levi says that this king is actually the Torah itself, meaning to say there's a law, there's a law, and that's the king. Uh, but but the simple meaning is Jeshurun, which is a name for Israel, which means like straight, very straight, or my my little straight one. Uh, when, when the convert, there was a convergence of the head of tribes, Yachad Israel, together the tribes of Israel. I heard a great explanation about this from the senior Rabbi Lau. Uh, one time I was at the president's house and they were giving awards for science and Torah together. Rabbi Moshe David Tendler, my rabbi, was getting a, 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 a award and Rabbi Lau spoke. So Rabbi Lau says, What does this Pasuk mean? He means that's the time when there are kings. There are times when, when the world is ruled by kings. That's Politburo. That's when there's like, you know, uh, the elders are, are leading. That's all the, the, the tribes of Israel. That's democracy. That's when, that's when people, there's people rule. He goes, in all of those systems, Torah can flourish. Torah can work in all of those various systems. It knows how to work within those systems. And, 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 and he uses this verse to kind of prove that, like, whatever system we're doing right now, Torah can work inside of it. Um, what do you think about that verse? Uh, I mean, I hear, I think, Rav Lau's insight is a very important one, especially in our day when um, there's a certain reflexive assumption upon, on the part of many people that democracy is the only environment in which Torah can thrive in. It's really, it's not true as we've spoken about. The, the, the Torah's notions of political systems are far more diverse. Um, you know, I, one of the things, though, I do um, love to picture here is that it's also a description of Moshe and, and, and the elders and the fact that, that the receiving of the Torah necessitate the unity and a, and a wholeness of the vessel of Am Yisrael, which was very unique. Right? And, and, and when we work toward a more perfect society here, this is a lot of the work that we have to do. I think it's undervalued that, that we have not really tapped 
the power of the Torah to help us shape our political system today. That's interesting you say that because Rashi says, Bitasef, when there's a gathering, what's the gathering? Yachad ba'aguda achat. V'shalom b'nehem hu malkam. V'lok sheish machlokut b'nehem. It's dafka, when is God really king? When the Jewish people are together in, in one kind of, without erasing differences, but with, with, in one um, aguda, in one corporate unit. corporation. Unit. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay? And there's peace between them? Then Hashem is our God. Well, it makes me think of that line that we said all through um, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is, um, you know, Lasot Agur Acha Lasot Epson Chabelev Shbilal Shamlim. The Ase Agur Acha. That's the word. That, they, that Am Yisrael will make, or the whole world actually, will bind itself together into one unit in order to do your will with a whole heart. Is that, that um, that's the purpose of unity. Unity for unity's sake is it's not a good thing, as we see in the story of the Tower of Babel, which I'm sure we'll speak about in a couple of weeks. But, um, but unity for the sake of expressing a, a higher vision of God's will, that's what its purpose is. Do you think that we have unity, more of a unity during this separation, lockdown, but we're like unified through these other technological means or in other spiritual ways? You know, uh, I, was, I was hiking with Ari Abramowitz, one of the founders of the Land of Israel Network, and he, and he gave me an insight that I thought was very fascinating. He said to me, did you think about the fact that the three festival holidays, we've had lockdowns on all three, basically? Oh, yes. Pesach, there was a lockdown. On Shavuot, I was in Jerusalem. It was practically a lockdown. There was yeah, we had just come out. We had just right. come out, right? But there's like no, there was nobody in the streets. It was not full blown festival. Oh, not even close. And now here, just just in time for the big uh, high holidays in Sukkot, boom, we're locked down. So like this year, we've really been more internally, uh, like we've been more inside of our family units and, and those kind of things, like. Um, do you think that, that we are more together or less together? Now, if you do a lot of news watching, you probably think that we're in very bad shape between one another. But if you're out there on the street, I don't, I don't know if I find that to be true. I think that the news media, the news media is, uh, I, I'm, let's put it this way. I hope that this show inspires and makes people feel joyous as opposed to what the news media I find is doing right now, which is really darkening the mood and making it look like there's much more division than there, than there is, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the news and to a certain degree, our political system are reflective of a certain strain within our sort of uh, social psychology, which is that um, the doom mentality. Uh, and they're, they, it's, it's there, it's real. There's a challenge where a pandemic is unlike other natural disasters where other natural disasters like hurricane or earthquake, you know, sort of like force people to work together. Whereas in a pandemic, it's very easy to feel like everybody else is the problem. So I just want to keep to myself. What I'm finding is I think as you were hinting toward is really, there's also a reordering of the boundaries of community. Right? And the, the full step into the Zoomiverse into the, the world of uh, virtual interaction allows you like you were just flashing up those, you know, message on the screen from all over the world is that there's an opportunity to build community on a scale which is sort of like heretofore been neglected because I was more interested in my neighbors or I was more interested in, you know, what was happening in the street. And it's a challenge. I don't know, are we more or less united? I think a lot of it has to do with the choice of what we want to be. What but you're definitely Frank right. Frank is writing here. Frank says, 
when the Messiah is here and Israel begins to bring redemption to the nations, it will not be a democracy. I don't know. I mean, we've spoken about this many times. I mean, democracy is just a tool. It's a political system um, and the associated culture. It's not intrinsically bad. It's certainly better than many. Um, depends, I think, on what one means. I, you know, part of my vision of the Mashiach is a bit of an anarchist vision, meaning ultimately God wants us all to be agents and actors in our lives. And wants us to keep the Torah and to do what's right because it's right, not because of some external divine or social pressure, right? So uh, on some level, yeah, it could be just an anarchist world in which everybody does what's right, everybody under their own vine and their own fig tree, you know? In terms of how we actually organize the whole as a society, I mean, the Torah certainly conceives of separation of powers. And isn't that nice that that fits well with that... With that, with that uh with that verse that I that I said before in that explanation about the different systems, uh, it's important to also remember, though, that Judaism is, on the one hand, a monarchy. On the other hand, it's always a democracy. There's always elements which were, were, were like, the people are like, no, we can't accept that edict, or other things were like, there's always an element that the people elect mm-hmm. and that the people you know bring up and that somebody rises from the people like there's there's an element it's important to remember that it's not like it's not top down that would just be kind of anti-jewish in the sense that jews aren't a people that you just kind of you know send commandments down and they just accept it blindly that's not our thing starting from abraham who already it started from adam all right let's keep going speaking of uh, we got we got the tribes of israel here we got uh, reuven he's the uh, firstborn He's blessed that that he kind of he kind of won't leave the fold because of the uh, incident with Bilha, uh, probably. But in any case, he's just blessed that he'll live and he'll have a large number of of, of adherents. And in fact, in fact, Reuven was one of the big tribes. But the next one is to Judah to Yehuda. It says Vizot Shem He oh please God hear the voice of Judah. Why? Because. Yadav Ravlo, he needs his hands for fighting. Ve'ezer mitzarav and a helper from from his hardships, you shall be to him. And Rashi basically puts it out that this is for the kings of Judah that go out to war, uh, that need uh, that need bravery, that need to be strong. Hear their prayers. Uh, hear hear the prayer of, for example, Hezekiah when he uh, prayed not to be taken by by Sancheriv. Is that how you say it in English? San. I've always said San Kharif, but I, I don't know. Here, because because they're the leaders, they need strength, uh, and they need to be to be heard uh, in a time of war. I just want to tell you that I was in Seattle, one of my favorite cities outside of the land of Israel, and uh, my my you know one of my favorite cities in America is Seattle, and I was at a shul called Ezer Betzarot. That was the name of the shul. Ezer That's a good name. That's a good name. A helper in hard times, and they called it for short. Ezzy Bezzy, okay? That's what they call it, Ezzy Bezzy. <laughs> and uh, this reminds me of that Ezzy Mitzarav, like, like, like rulers, for example, look at Prime Minister Netanyahu or President Trump, no matter what you think about them, uh, they are on the one hand doing... It's a hard job. It's a hard job. It's a hard job, yeah. And they need, they need uh, help in, in troubles and people are always trying to bring them down. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We've spoken about it, you know, before and, and I think that it was a terrible display this week with... Uh, President Trump's announcement of, uh, of having COVID. So people don't appreciate, first of all, just that they're also human beings, right? And, and deserve as human beings a basic respect. 
but even more profoundly that they represent an office whose stability is in the interest of all involved. Mm -hmm. And even if you feel that each of them has degraded the dignity of that office or its sanctity or however, whatever, and like, you know, I might not disagree. Nevertheless, you're not actually helping the situation by tearing it down further. But 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 you're pointing out to some of the negative stuff. I saw a lot of positive stuff. I saw the chief rabbis of Israel at the Western Wall bless President Trump for a speedy recovery by name. They called him they called him Donald John Ben Fred. They used his father's name. They they literally said that at the Western Wall at Why they use his father's ceremony. name? I don't know. I think it's something to do with Jew, with Jews or Gentiles. I don't know, but but they use his name. But his mother's name is Mary, also. And you know, I I saw that, and I saw a big sign of you know pe people came out and said, "Hey, you know, what I mean, let's 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 bless President Trump." By the way, just just as a total political parenthetical thing, just for a second, I went to the New York Times on my Google app, and it was just like he's getting worse and and then the president and he's in trouble this and that i was like forget you new york times i can't trust you at all and another parenthesis they just hired peter beinart to be a calm opinion opinion yeah. yeah writer contributor right so that's that's not great either but but anyway, you know i saw so, i saw someone say thus proving the old adage that when you get to the bottom keep digging <laughs> <laughs> anyway so I was like, forget this, and I went to President Trump's Twitter, and there he is, smiling on a video, explaining what his situation is, and I, I wrote a tweet saying, I'm so glad that there's a way to get past media bias and hear from the newsmakers themselves. Now, obviously, they're showing you their bias, and, they, and the algorithm is showing you its bias, and there's tons of biases all around. It's very hard to get neutral facts, but... I was there's no like, such thing. Right, I, but I was I was happy that I was able to bypass whatever the New York Times wanted to feed me. When you read that New York Times article, it's like he's sick, he's sick, he's very sick. Third paragraph, yeah, he's not really sick. And I'm like, what? What, <laughs> what is this? Like, what are you just trying to like toggle my emotions? And yes, like, what, what, yeah, right. yes, they are. Yes. By the way, on that like, note, you should you should watch the Social Dilemma. Yes, I've been watching it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, have you? Yeah, I watched it with my older with my older children to try to drive home to them how dangerous a world it is that they're living in. Yeah, so it's it's if, worth checking out. If if we had to say it in a short form, the Matrix has you. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. And it's sure. way more sophisticated than you think. Absolutely. And doesn't have your best interest at heart. Right. It does not, and it is also uh, more than anything, it's hidden. It's not telling you what they're doing. They're meaning to say they're hiding from you the truth of, of what they're doing with, with your information. I just that kept thinking of that classic Bob Marley line, it's just a machine that makes money. So, next one is Levy, uh, the tribe of Levy. Oh, thank God. Yes, they get, they get a lot of... Uh, they get a lot of... Uh, a lot of press. A lot of ink here. press here from Moshe Urbano, who's a Levite. Uh, there might be some... some familial, nepotism. Uh, some nepotism a little bit. And, and it says, uh, you know, the... Um, very beautiful kind of couplet there, which basically says, your urim vatumim, that's the breastplate that, that gives prophetic information, to your trusted one, to your, to your beloved one. Is that Aaron, or is that the, the continuing line of the Levites? Um, and then it has a, it has a, a powerful phrase, He says to his father and his mother, I haven't seen, I don't, I haven't seen you, I don't see them. And his brothers, he did not know. He didn't know his children. Because they kept your 
your sayings, your commandments, ubritcha, and your covenant in Soru, they held fast. Uh, it, it, there's different explanations for that, including during the times when uh, Levi uh, was the tribe that had to fight uh, the idolaters, for example, in the tribe of Shimon. Uh, and, and other explanations that, no, because you serve in the temple, sometimes you like leave your family and you leave all that you know and you just basically have to... Um, have to have to, you know, go to the temple service and work there as opposed to being at home with the family. But the point is, there's something about about Levi which which he knows how to disconnect from his even from his own family. And at the end, it says that that he's the teacher. They're going to teach. The Levites are are the teaching clan. They're the ones that spread Torah in, in the nation. Uh, and it finishes off with with a strong kind of se- sentence. Barech Hashem Chelo Hashem give blessings to his uh, to his to his to his armies to his, to his fight oh and Rashi also explains that that the um, that that part of the fight of the Levites is not just to teach Torah it's also the Maccabees the Kohen, the Kohanim within the Levites were the Maccabees and they ended up yes being uh, like we said before the kings of Israel they were fighters for Israel so there's a blessing in there uh, for the for the for the strong fight as well you know, whenever I hear this bracha, I think of the halacha on the Rambam at the end of the, uh, I think it's the end of Matanot Kahuna, or maybe it might be Matanot Levionim. Um, but in the end of some of the, one of the laws, I think it's actually of, uh, of Tzedakah, where he says that, you know, Levi represents Mesirut Nefesh, an absolute self-sacrifice for, for the word of God in Torah. And he says that anybody whose heart is moves them can essentially do the same because he says you know the Rambam famously says it's forbidden to rely upon charity in order to learn Torah. He says, but if a person wants to completely devote themselves, that there is a portion of Am Yisrael who deserves to be supported in that pursuit. And it just always strikes me, and I see it in my life over and over again that that real Torah learning comes from Sirat Nefesh. It just comes from self-sacrifice, even if it's something as simple as getting up a few minutes earlier so that you can just learn a few lines of the Parsha. I'm not talking about world-class scholarship only. And it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. But if a person wants to understand how is it that they're going to be Kona Torah, how they're really going to make Torah part of their life, just remember that what, whatever you have to sacrifice for is actually yours. That which comes easy, you don't really own. Right. And there's, and there's a phrase like that that we learned, you and I. Um, there's a Pasuk uh, what is the pasuk? Zota Torah. Uh, what is it? The person that dies in the tent. Oh uh, yeah, Adam he made boil. Yeah, right. Adam he made boil. It's like, and the rabbis say, this is the Torah. Person who dies in the tent, he 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 self sacrifices himself all the way to learn in the tents of Torah. Okay, Benjamin. Um, My name is not Benjamin. No, we're talking about the tribe of Benjamin now, oh. and interestingly, the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, gets a bracha about having the temple in its uh, in its portion. That's what we learn, right? Okay. The reason the reason Benjamin is is talked about here is Rashi says is because uh, you had the Levites and the priests who live in the t- who work in the temple, and then but where is the temple itself? It's in the tribe of Benjamin, and it's very interesting. Uh, the the phrases. Ubain ktefav shachen between its shoulders it resides, and the explanation there is is that um, 
it's um, uh, it, it's 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 the Temple Mount is lower than the mountains around it, uh, and even there's a a, 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 a cameo appearance with by, of Gush Etzion here where it says that David Melech thought to uh, build it in the Etam in Maya and Ein Etam the Mayan of Etam which is uh, here overlooking Bethlehem. Uh, however, God said to him, basically, put it lower. It's got to be lower. It's got to be in a place between the high mountains of Judea, Judah and Benjamin. There's also a guest appearance of the idea of fatback. What's a fatback? Fatback, well, Rashi says. Am I going to get in some kind of PC trouble by talking about this? Um, probably not, no. But anybody who lives south in the Mason-Dixon line knows what fatback is. Rashi, right at the end of the Rashi says, there's nothing more tasty in an ox ah. than than uh, shoulders. Like you know that on a pig, the, the fat back is that piece of fat that's right on the back between the shoulders. So you know, fat back, of course. That's that's what it is. It looks you can if you if you if you walk around North Carolina or South Carolina, you can it looks like a block of butter. You can just buy it in the store. Okay, uh, I just want to say that uh, if you're listening to the show, please give uh, uh, a hashtag, send out a hashtag fatback, okay? <laughs> and I'll know what you're talking about. We'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, and now there's a blessing to Yosef. Now there's a blessing to Yosef. This is a very long blessing and a very interesting blessing. Uh, Yosef has really two sons, and that is uh, Ephraim and Menashe. And there's, there's interesting words here. Um, in, in Yosef's blessing, there's a lot of um, paradoxes. It says, Mevorechet Hashem Arzo. His land is blessed by God. Mimeged Shamaim Mital Umitohom Rovetzatachat. So the word Mimeged is a very tricky word. It sounds like the word, to me, it always sounds like the word Mineged, which means yeah. paradox or contrary to. But the Rashi explanation is Mimeged is from Megadim. Which are treats, sweets, right? So, so I actually read it both ways, right? So, there's the paradox between heaven. Uh, there's a blessing from heaven above, and from waters that come underneath, from underneath the earth. And then later on, it's going to compare the uh, um, yield, the fruit yield of the sun fruits, as opposed to stuff that gets grown that grows from the moon by the moonlight. By the moonlight. And that's like, uh, what do you call it? Zlat, um, what's it called? Like, like pumpkins and things pumpkins. like that. That's what Rashi right? says. That's what Rashi says. And then it says from, from the peak of ancient mountains uh, and, and the goodness of, of the Gvaot Olam, the, the um, eternal hills. The eternal hills. And there is a great town in Israel called Gvaot Olam, which is a farm in Itamar. Amazing stuff. Umi Meged and and still from the. I plan on retiring to a retirement home called Givot Olam. Givot Olam, is that right? Givot Olam makes great cheese, great eggs, and finally there's there's this great word Ratzon Shochni Sochni Sne, which is the will of he who dwells in the um, bush in the bush in the burning bush, right? That's the, the well Sne is bush. We have it likely reference there, right? Okay, so, so, um, and then, well, who, you know, it's interesting. Why would that, like, to me, like, it's a very personal thing, the burning bush. It's a very personal thing between God and Moshe Rabbeinu. 
why did he put it up, up on, on the issue of Yosef? And Rashi basically says, why? Because of the next verse, shoro uh, hadarlo, his uh, kind of firstborn ox is his... Um, glory. Glory. And he says, that's Joshua. That's Joshua. Um, that's Joshua. And, and Joshua, he is... The ne- that, and, and now you understand maybe why the, these blessings are coming onto Joseph, because he's actually the continuation of Moses here, is Joshua, from the tribe of Moses. And so, and so, like, if we had before, like, extra words for Levi, there's a lot of, like, extra blessings for this guy who's supposed to take over for Moshe Rabbeinu and bring him into the land. Rashi then, then says something very amazing. He says, who are these Afsei Aretz, these, like, weaks, weak people of the land? Who are they that, that are going to be brought down by this, by this uh, ox, this Joshua? That's the 31 kings. And then Rashi asks a question. He's like, were there really 31 kings in the land of Israel? No, it's just that everybody from around the world wanted to purchase a piece of property or have a palace or have a castle or have a, 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 a you know, a, church, a summer apartment, a summer apartment. But they wanted something in the land. Now, if you go to Jerusalem today, you see the Ethiopian church and the German, oh. the Lutherans, and you'll see the Catholics and you'll see the, and the, the uh, what do you call them? The, the huge Vatican building across from, you know, Newgate. Right. And then, right, that's what I think that's a French building. And then, that's uh, French hostilities, but the, the Vatican headquarters is next to it. Oh, right. I did not know that. Okay. And then, and then not to mention Muslim sites and, and other people. Did you, and what about the Baha'i in Haifa? Like everybody from around the world wants a stake in the land of Israel. They know it. Like this Rashi is like something that's just so true. And if you just walk around Israel, you're like, why do all these other countries have such a, or other religions and other peoples have such a stake in this land? That's something that people, I guess, that are connected to any spirituality understand the power of the land of Israel and Jerusalem. Yes, it's always been a, a, a bit of a sore point for me that, you know, there's been like, you know, these questions over the last couple of years about the um, Russian compound and, uh, and the Mikdal David, uh, or, you know, up on, uh, on, on Hartzion. And just, you know, it irks me. Forget the fact that I, I believe it's our land and like, what are you doing here? What irks me is that is that people say, well, there's a legitimacy. These they own these properties. Okay, they own them. Why do they own them? Why does the Greek Orthodox Church own all the land that the Knesset's built on? Making us, as far as I know, the only country in the world that actually leases the property that its capital building is built on. Um, because they came here and conquered it. Because they were trying to replace us. Right. And 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 why their conquests should be any more legitimate than our return home. Through conquest, that just simply smacks me as hypocrisy at best. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It's absolutely a great point. It always bothers me. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're, and and you are right. You you come into this land and you're like, why are there all these foreign uh, foreign like control of things here in the land? Out of all the blessings, I was most struck by the by the next one, and that is actually to Zvulun and Issachar. Like, how many of us really feel like we know a lot about? Zebulun and Issachar. Okay. Well, this is what we know about them. Right. Bracha, interestingly right. enough. But like, but like you ask the average person, are you really connected to Zebulun and Issachar? So, Zvulun and Issachar. Oh, so, so, basically, it says, uh, uh, Zvulun, be happy with your, with your trips out, and Issachar, be happy with your stay in the tent. And we learned from this that there was a deal between Zvulun and Issachar. Zvulun was the 
trader was the ship was the ship going trader, but the money that they brought in, they would give a portion of it to Issachar so that they can learn Torah. And the deal was, you learn Torah, and I get a portion of that, and I feed you in this world. But like your Torah is partially my Torah, even though I subsidize it. That's really what I do, uh, which is a very beautiful thought. But then the next line, I want to tell you, Rav Mike, I felt like I learned a verse that I didn't even know existed. That's what happened, really. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I must be drunk every year exactly at this line because I was blown away by this line. Amim, nations, harikra'u, are called to the mountain. Sham izbechu tzedek. There they will uh, offer up uh, righteous. Offerings of, uh, righteous offerings, right? And Rashi explains two different things. He says, one is that Issachar is going to be so learned that their expertise is going to be the, what's the word? There's a fancy word for figuring out the months inter... Intercalate. Intercalation of... Uh, Intercalation of the calendar. Of the calendar. And therefore, you're going to know these nations that come up to the Temple Mount. That's actually the tribes of Israel. And you're going to know because of Issachar when to go up to the Temple Mount. But the other explanation is, so, so the Torah learners are the ones that set the calendar, and then you know when Sukkot is really. The other explanation is, no, it's, it's, it's Vulun. And when they go out to do business, like I got a good friend named Baruch, uh, who has a, an amazing business of bringing in these, these barbecues, these uh, You've smokers. You've mentioned it before. Sure. Right. So, so the smoker is this, um, what's it called, Traeger smoker. Right, it's a it's a uh, wood pellet fire burning barbecue thing. Uh, through his business of bringing these things in, he's always bringing people to Jerusalem, and that's exactly what it says. It says you they'll come to do business with you, like the UAE will come to do business with you, and then they're going to be like, hum, if we're ready in Tel Aviv or Yafo, let's go to Jerusalem." You know, I'm kind of curious. You go to Jerusalem, you see the Jewish people serving God. You're like, "Wow, that, whoa, that is that's the way to go." That's something powerful. And then these people either convert or become close to Judaism, and they offer up offerings of righteousness. And usually during the Sukkot holiday, we read that on the first day, uh, the nations come, as, as in the book of Zechariah tells us, the nations of the world come to Jerusalem to offer up their sacrifices. And, and if you don't, you're really going to miss something. You're going to be punished through it. But the point is, is that Rashi says it's, it's Vulan's business. That actually draws a spirituality into this world because people come and actually witness Jerusalem. So two different two different explanations of who comes up to Jerusalem and who offers up uh, sacrifices of righteousness and because of whom is it Issachar, Issachar, or Zvulun? That's very beautiful, and especially this idea that it's business which uh, sort of draws people to holiness um, is an important one for Sukkot because you know. Like, uh, what are we doing here? Like, here I am sitting in my little wooden hut. Maybe I should give you a, a quick tour. Sure. As long as, as, long as we're, live, we're live, can I do this without destroying all the uh, wires? Let's see. Our sukkah, thank God, is is quite nice. It's a little hard to see from the glare. Yes. You got an, I- you got an idea. Sure. We, we sleep four or five people here every night. Mm-hmm. Um, we sleep five every night. Well, uh, you know, we've gotten to the point where, thank God, I mean, all the kids can't really all fit at the same time. I, I keep expanding, uh-huh. expanding. But also, you know, my, my teenage girls stay up way there, later than I do. So like, I don't need anyone coming back to Sukkot at 2 in the morning. Um, so but what I was going to say is that Sukkot is an amazing thing because it transforms the mundane into the holy. Suddenly, eating, sleeping, 
you know, sitting and talking with the kids becomes a mitzvah because you're doing it Lesheba Sukkah to dwell in Sukkah. And it's a parallel, of course, famously to Eretz Israel, because being in Eretz Israel, your mundane actions become holy. And in in that sense, we understand what the purpose of Am Israel is in the world, which is not to build some sort of alternate existence where you can leave the world and get in touch with the sacred, but rather to sanctify the world which we've been given, which is why I find that this line is such a powerful expression, not only of our purpose as a people, but of this holiday in particular, is that is that it's specifically through the physical that we achieve our mission in the world, and not otherwise. Basically, we create a physical plant to bring in spirituality. Yep. And not try to run away from the physical to reach spirituality. I think we, we it's really, if it's, if it's compared to Buddhism, it's to leave the physical and to, and to find nirvana, as opposed to actually create a physical plant for God's presence in this world. Uh, let's, let's go to the last, uh, the other tribes are also blessed and they're all very important. But let's go, let's, let's, that's right, amen. Let's go to the last, the very last verse of Moses' speech. This is Moses his last, last verse. This is, the, this, is the, this is what he's going to say to you. And he says, Ashrecha Yisrael. Praiseworthy are you, Israel. Mika who is like you? Am nosha Adonai. A nation that is, is redeemed, sa- saved by God. Magen Ezrecha. Uh, he protects you. He is your defender. This is an interesting one, which he is your sword. He is your sword, meaning to say you'll fight through him. And uh, 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 he's the sword of your pride, uh, meaning to say, you know, he is your battle maker and you can be proud of him as your sword. Your enemies are going to um, kind of deny it. Uh, they're going to say, you know, nah. You're just an occupier. Nah, you're no better than the Nazis. Nah, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. No, the Tanakh isn't real. Your history is actually bad. These are not the droids you're looking for. All those good things. You, Israel, however, you got to step on their high places. And, and you know, my kids know the famous Medrash, which I love so much, which is that when Mordechai is being lifted onto uh, the horse by Haman, uh, the Medra says that, that Mordechai kicks Haman in the face. So Haman's like, hey, hey, it says in your Torah, when your enemies fall, don't rejoice. So then, so, then, so then Mordechai is like, no, that's about a Jewish enemy, about people like you, Amalek face. Uh, it says, you got to step on their high places. And that's why I kicked <laughs> him in the face. So my kids know that one by heart. So... <laughs> I just, I just don't want them growing up not, not understanding that. Uh, but that's, that's the, that's the final, final, I would say, somewhat warlike, or at least competition-like, phrase of Moses before he turns and, and takes care of his final business. But um, that, that, those are, those, them be fighting words, no? Yes, strong words. You know, they're strong words. Um, and I would say what I take from it right now, just to, to add to what you're saying, is that Ashrecha. I mean, listen, Moses hasn't had an easy life. He's not had an easy life. Um, certainly not since he was a baby. And Amisrael hasn't had an easy history. 
And and yet it's important to be able to look at our status as Am Yisrael and say, Ashrecha, there's nothing else I would rather be than a member of Am Yisrael who is able to fulfill this divine mission, which is a very strong note to end on as well. That's right. Uh, and and uh, being a good leader, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to um, finish him, finish the business off properly. Uh, either he buries himself or God buries him. Uh, and he dies at 120, uh, full of vigor and strength. Uh, the Jewish people cry for him. And then it says, uh, but a good leader leaves the next leader intact, ready to That's go. Right. It says, Yeshua binun was filled with a spirit of wisdom. Because Moshe Rabbeinu put his hands on him and, and passed over the prophetic energy. The, the, the children of, of Israel hearkened to him. They listened uh, what, what, uh, as Moshe uh, commanded them. As Moshe commanded. And there has not risen. There has not risen a prophet like Moshe in Israel. Which Hashem knew face to face. And all of the. Uh, and then it goes on to detail shortly the miracles that, that God did through, his, through Moshe's hand to take the Jewish people out of Egypt and the great strength. The strong arm. The, the great events or great fears. I don't know how you want to translate it. The great miracles of the desert. That Moshe did that Moshe did for the to, in the eyes of all of Israel and here and here we just have a few more minutes left Rabbi Mike I just, I just want to ask you you would think that the Torah would kind of not use Moshe's name in the last verse you would think that it would be a more general uh, phrase and God you know and this is God's will through through written in this Torah that he gave to you and and that's it like leave and and there'll be a light onto the nations, and the world will be you know rectified. No, the the last things was the redemption that really Moses's hand, God's miracles through Moses's hand, happened in the desert, out of Egypt, and in the eyes of all of Israel that Moshe did. I would have I would have uh, uh, maybe taken some of that out and and put in just like and God shall dwell alone in one of these verses. Like what? Why do you think the Torah ends? Uh, you know, and obviously I'm I'm asking these questions in order to get a great gain a greater understanding, not to doubt the Torah. I'm just saying like it's surprising. I mean I hear your surprise. I think that to me the first answer is because it's very important that the Torah remain accessible. You know, and, and if it had ended on this sort of lofty note you're speaking about, it risks becoming unattainable and therefore irrelevant. And Moshe, obviously, is a lokambi Yisrael ke Moshe Od. I mean, he was on a far higher level than any of us could imagine. Aval, v'shigam hu basal, he's also flesh and blood, meaning Moshe represents what a human being is capable of. And as such, he also represents each and every one of us, right? Which is, I think, part of the reason that it ends here. It's accessible, it's personal. We relate to people. Also, I think that there's an emotional hook here. I always get a little bit teary-eyed at this point when we reach this point in the reading where it's like, ah, like, like it's over. It's over for Moshe. He worked so hard. The last thing is, I think, encoded in Rashi, and it's it's a very profound midrash that Rashi brings here at the end, where he notes that um, 
What exactly is this? Asher Samosha, the Enei Kol Yisrael. What's the act? This great Yad Chazaka, you know, this mighty hand which Moshe. Notice that Yad Chazaka usually refers to God, and here it's referring to Moshe. So Rashi says, well, what, "What was that?" He says, "She Nasuli Bo Lishbo Aluchot Lifnam." That he was his heart lifted him up, meaning he had the courage to break the tablets which God had given him, and and God agreed, right? It says, and, and God's sort of consciousness agreed with his consciousness. Like it says, Look at what Rashi's saying. He said, the end of the Torah is the fact that Moshe wasn't afraid to break it. But this is a living Torah. And the big danger is, is if you think that this is the end of the story, then I have failed, says God. This is the beginning of the story. Just like the last word of the Tanakh, which was written by Ezra Sofer, who has a lot of parallels to Moshe, is Vayal, let them go up, right? If that's the end of the story, you close the story, you go back to bed, you never go up. If it's the, if it's the beginning, you take it as a call to action. And that's what this is. This is a call to action. Moshe says, listen, I'm done. Now, here, take this, and you do. You write the next chapter. And I think if it, if it ended with God, I think that would be an impossibility. And so the next best option is to end with Moshe, who is just slightly more accessible. So you're saying, all right, so it's like, hey, I did something. You got to get up and do something. Yeah, and uh, write the next chapter. And rewrite the next. And, 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 it's very, and speaking of next chapter, what's so beautiful about Simchat Torah, which we're going to be celebrating this Shabbat, is that right when we're done with this, it, it peels off into two avenues. One avenue is that the last letter of the Torah is followed by the first letter of the Torah, which, by the way, the last letter in the Torah is Lamed, and the first letter of the Torah is Bet, which together spell the word Lev, which is heart, okay? So you kind of like, yeah, you know, the Torah is about heart. That's what really brings it together. So one, but one pathway is right back where we started from, and the other pathway is the, the Haftorah, which is Joshua. So the linear track so there's a circular track and there's a linear historical track. I like to say that one is a uh, uh, an analog watch, where like you got you got to the end and you're right back where you started from, and one is like a stopwatch, a digital watch, which it starts from zero and goes all the way to Mashiach. And we live, we <laughs> Jewish people live with those both of those kind of times. One is circular, back to Bereshit, back to uh, uh, you know Pesach and those holidays and all that. Um, and at the same time, no, we, we're not like just sitting there going back over and over. Around, and, around, around, around. Right, we're going somewhere. And that's why the next thing that we read, and Joshua took over, and this is what he did. And that ties in very beautifully to what you were just saying, which is, what's the next chapter? But that next chapter has got to be informed by those original chapters that we go back to every single year. Yeah, for sure. It's got to be the continuation of the same story. Rev. Mike Foyer, uh, our time is done for now. Uh, I want to first thank you very much, and I want to recommend that everybody check out your website, which is jewishstory.co, okay? And you also have a new website, which is revmike.com. Is that right? That's right. That is correct. So, and you can find uh, uh, both your history podcast there, uh, your, your other uh, uh, lessons, and also your spiritual counseling that people can join and, uh, and really connect with and get a lot from. So check that out at jewishstory.co or revmike.com. I also want to thank all of our sponsors. We have some new sponsors, Rev Mike. Uh, we Ooh. have Blessed by Israel, okay? Uh, if you type in uh, Blessed by Israel, you'll find awesome products from the land of Israel, including olive oil. 
and you need olive oil for Parshat Bereshit. So check out Blessed by Israel, and it'll really nothing more connects you, nothing connects you more than actual physical products from the land of Israel. That's really sweet. Um, a great news channel that puts out our show is uh, is JewishPress.com, and they are sponsors of the show. So thank you very much, Steve, and the editor, the editorial staff at JewishPress.com, and we have a new. Uh, we have a new um, a sponsor of the show, which is Salves of Jerusalem, salvesofjerusalem.com. Great stuff for your beard, great stuff for your skin, all from the land of Israel. It goes into your bloodstream, so you're like more holy, more tied to the land. It's beautiful stuff, and it's called Salves of Jerusalem. And Salves sounds a little bit like salvation. So you see what I'm saying? So a little bit of salvation from Jerusalem through Salves of Jerusalem. Uh, our good friends at Hebron fund.org keep the forefathers and mothers safe and beautified and honored uh, in the beautiful town of Hebron so check out Hebron fund and keep uh, Hebron safe and strong and continually open for visitation of all faiths and our good friends at trailer.com makers of the true blue Jew the biblical blues back and so check out trailer.com uh, uh, Rav Mike and I are not only spokesmen but we're also uh, what's the word we're, we're on the also, team we're team members no, there used to be like a commercial for a guy who was balding, and he's like, I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. So right. I'm, just, I'm just not promoting Tchelet, I'm also a client, believe me. It's, there you go. It's, it's, it's a very central aspect uh, of, of our life, a very important thing. So check out the uh, Tchelet Biblical Blue is back. And uh, check out my website, which is ishaifleischer.com, for more ways to connect uh, through shows, podcasts, articles, videos, and more. And, of course, the Land of Israel Network, which is a host to all these wonderful shows. Rav Mike Foyer, I want to wish you uh, a great uh, new beginning uh, with Parshad Bereshit. Looking forward to another great year of learning with you. Uh, and enjoy the rest of Sukkot. And happy Shemini Yatzeret Simchat Torah. That's right. Gam Lamar. It's always great to see you. All right, folks. God bless you. Rav Mike, thanks again. And thank you for being with us wherever you are. Lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings. Do me a favor. Uh, write a good review wherever you listen to podcasts or other things. Uh, and, of course, send me an email, yishai, yishaifleischer.com or yishai at thelandofisrael.com. Uh, we thank you because, really, you're the greatest sponsor when you're watching the show. Uh, and uh, our big, big sponsor is the God of Israel, who's broadcasting 24-7. All you have to do is tune in. And blessings from the land of blessings and shalom. All right, folks, you've been listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show. Thank you so much for being with me. And I'm sending you lots of blessings from the land of Israel. And it's, it's a different year, right? And that's the way to look at it, folks. It's just a different year. And let us do what we learned in that segment with Malka, which is Lizrom. Or if you want to say it in, the, in the Hebrew English, Lizroming. Okay, we got to be Lizroming. We got to really be as positive as we can throughout this challenging time. Uh, and the key is to be connected to the land of Israel, to the God of Israel, uh, wherever you are and however you do it. Uh, we love you. We send you our love here from the land of Israel. And we feel your blessings as well. And I appreciate the people who have been writing to me and have been asking how to pray for, for Malka's shoulder health. And we're praying for you. So let's stay together. Let's stay connected. Even though we're, we're physically apart, we're spiritually together. We're still one world, one, one, uh, one, one great nation under God, really, which is the human race, the human pe- people, humanity. Uh, and uh, that's it. So lots of love from the land of Israel. Check out all of our sponsors. Write me an email, Yishai at Yishaifleischer.com or Yishai at thelandofisrael.com. Thank you to all the partners who make this show possible. I really appreciate everybody so much. And thank you to the God of Israel. So shalom, folks, from the land of blessings. Thank you so much. And be strong. Be of good courage. 
More great stuff is on the way, and shalom. Shalom, everybody. This is Jeremy Gimpel from the Land of Israel Network, but also from the Land of Israel Fellowship. We have members from 31 countries joining us every week, Sunday, live at 6 p.m. For those that can't make it live, they get a direct recording. Just go to thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. We're growing together. We're learning together. We're celebrating together. The gates are open for all who want to come and join. 